They're spooky. They're bitches. They're the spooky bitches of Lubbock. And they're coming to YouTube September 2019. Follow the Spooky Six as they navigate the alternative art scene in Lubbock, Texas. If you love Halloween, art, Lubbock, and the things that go bump in the night, follow the Spooky Six on Facebook and Instagram. They're not basic bitches. They're spooky bitches. And you can't tell because it's strictly audio, but I'm, I'm giving you the two guns, right? Are now. you? Are you giving me? Yeah. Are you giving me the two guns, like standard two guns? Or are you Yosemite Salmon it? I'm. I'm kind of. I'm, I'm too spastic to just kind of, you know, do the forward jutting two guns. I'm giving you the like, you know, opposing uh, up and down guns. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it, it's it's full bore over here. Are you rotating those two, or are you just pointing them straight? No, I'm I'm far too uh, white bread to. Oh, okay, well you are from Texas. Yeah. I thought that was a skill. Oh, okay. Uh, apparently not one I, I I'm just. <laughs> you know, I, I'm the kind of bad guy you'd see on the banana splits or something. Well, no, that doesn't work anymore, does it? No, because apparently they're, they're... People are like, no, damn, get away from him! Save yourself, man! That's right. You would need to be that guy. Uh, all this gun talk, um, I think we're going to come out guns blazing on this one. I think so. I, I think you, um, it, it's a, a sure shot kind of thing going on. It's going to be one of those shows, isn't it? It, it has to be at this point. <laughs> Uh yeah. So you have found us, uh, what are we now, three issues deep into a story arc or four? We are on the fourth issue. We're on the penultimate issue. And we we need to point out that this this uh, particular arc's been backburnered for a long time. Yeah. And so we're finally getting to this. And one of the very specific types of street level hero are the ones that are packing heat correct and this might not fall at the best time considering what's happened recently and this show's evergreen or we try to make it as evergreen as we can and not get too specific about time periods but you know there have been some some very public tragedies involving guns here recently and um we'll, we'll we're not um well, I, I direct you back to the first couple issues of Hey Kids Comics. We have not been scared of controversy. We understand, you know, so be, be forewarned, I guess. This is the first show that we're going to have a trigger warning on, literally. Um, there's a trigger warning on this show. But uh, we aren't going to get into anything too heavy, um, as we don't often do. But we do need to talk about because we're talking about street level heroes, the the ones that um the ones that pack heat, the ones that tote uh slap iron. Um, Absolutely, and I I think it's one of those things that we we know is is a uh, a fairly common trope in comics. Yet at the same time, we don't always really think about how many of these characters are are you know, uh, packing heat all the time, running around with pistols or rifles or pistols and rifles. Well, and, and here's the thing that, that, so in researching the show, we've, we've talked, you know, after 323 or 324 issues of this show that we've done, we've covered a large tract of different types of characters. And we did a, we've done a couple shows, um, about Western comics. Uh, America as a whole, dating back to the 1800s, and before that, frankly, but I think it really kicked into high gear 
um, you know, in, in, in the 1800s, in the early 1800s was, you know, we have a fascination with firearms as a, as a country. Take it from Cole, who lives in Texas, and me, who lives in Little Texas, otherwise known as Ohio. We have a fascination with, with, with firearms. Oh, yeah. They, you know, the, these are the weapons that effectively won the West uh, that, you know, really simple-minded people would say are the reason both of our great states exist. Sure. Uh, but those people don't listen to this show, thank God. Right. Uh, you know, we're hurting for audiences it is. I don't need to offend those two. But, <laughs> those two people. Yeah. <laughs> it's not how the West was won, it's how the best was won. Oh, God. It's like you're from Texas. <laughs> it's precisely like that. So, um, no, the thing about it is, what's odd to me... Uh, is the, the sensibility of the gun-toting hero, uh, your immediate fallback, of course, in comics is going to be the anti-hero hero extraordinaire, and that is, of course, one Frank Castle, uh, the Punisher, who brings pretty much every conceivable type of ordinance to bear. Oh, he's... I mean, he's, if it's out yeah. there, it's, it's better than that wall behind the counter in Commando. <laughs> There's like stuff you didn't know existed, and you go and look it up. Like, my God, there is a gun that's shaped that. That's the weirdest ass gun I've ever seen. It's like my grandma used to say um, before her untimely passing. Uh, she used to refer to. We used to watch. You know, I I would watch TV with her in the late '80s, early '90s, <laughs> and um, she she used to say, "What kind of." We, uh, I remember, actually remember once vividly, it was during uh, Miami Vice. <laughs> and, she, and she said, what what type of gun is that? Is that an Ussy? Yes, it's an Ussy, Grandma. It's not an Uzi. It's not an Australian-made Uzi. It's an Ussy. Hey, you so, know, there's there's no me in Ussy. He, he, <laughs> he had, so he had various Ussies. He had rocket launchers. It was, it's almost... Uh, it almost becomes comical at some point, the amount of ordinance that he would yeah, bring that, at any given time. it would time. be like you could just go and buy half that stuff off the shelf. Well, that's what he had micro well, for. You could. Yeah, that's true. But it, something dawns on me. When, when we move out of the Western... It's like, a micro, go to the U.N. garage sale. Go to the U.N. garage sale. Find those guys. Find Nick Cage from Lord of War. We need... Um, yeah. Yeah, find uh, the guys from whatever that movie that just came out that had uh, Reed Richards from that bad Fantastic Four movie. We need one million rounds of AK-47 ammunition. Can we talk about the amount of ammunition and where he would have to store it? Oh, I know. It's just like you'd have to go to wherever you're going to go slaughter the bad guys in advance. And like, you know, you're like the damned Easter Bunny leaving... (laughs) boxes of ammo around so you'd have it later otherwise you're practically you know dragging a sledge behind you like nanook of the north or something it's like a video game you have to have drops you know a boss fight's coming because all your ammunition is there um the one thing so you know there are a few western heroes i do want to mention in this because you know like we said this is street level heroes it doesn't matter how dusty the street is it's still a street yeah. and the one that comes to mind immediately is uh one jonah hex i think oh right yeah the bat because jonah hex has this weird history with comics where he was a, you know he's an early western comic book character that has somehow stayed relevant you know unlike like guys like batlash and 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 you know the, the people we talked about in our western issue are our, our, you know when we were moving through the different time yeah, periods cinnamon <laughs> god damn it i forgot about cinnamon kid cult cinnamon uh batlash those guys uh jonah hex not only has fought street level crime, you know, right and wrongs and uh man with no name in it out there during the West, but he's also been like a future time traveler. Yeah. He's fought you know, he's he's time displaced into like modern day, just just normal, everyday. 
And without, you know, benefit of some sort of weird time Winchester bullet. He didn't get time Winchester. That's true. But yeah. I'm pretty sure he did fight next to Bruce Wayne at some point when Bruce Wayne was climbing the Jacob's Ladder of time displacement. But regardless, you know, guys like that really and, – and back – okay, so those – there's a you're, – you're right. There's a definitive line between your Western comic book character and then your anti-hero Dark Ages, where we went into the Dark Ages with guys yeah. like the Punisher and, and Wildcat, not Wildcat, um, uh, Wild Dog. Wild Dog, yeah. Or, um, you know, District Attorney turned murderous vigilante, vigilante. Sure. Or, you know, I mean, while... nothing like a good 80s tracksuit and a, a bunch of, uh, you know, like yellow nunchucks. Yeah, you gotta, I mean, you gotta have yellow nunchucks. And the uh, color-coordinated uh, uh, ordinance. Uh, well, I, go. Yeah, I love the uh, ski school outfits yeah. that Vigilante would, would consistently wear. Um, but one thing that dawned on me... <laughs> Expect him to either aerobicize or murder somebody. Right, right. Be the, be the bad guy in an 80s ski movie or <laughs> avenge, um, avenge a murder that he couldn't avenge in a courtroom. Uh, He's so star chambering it. <laughs> yeah, star chamber. Damn it. Um, it, it. One thing that, and I can't think of it, maybe you can. I challenge you with this horrible task, this, this Damoclesian task. <laughs> um, I can't think of, after the Dark Ages kicked in, I can't think of a time when a gun in the hand of a hero did anything good. That's pretty true. I I think, well, you know, if you look back, when Batman first takes to the mean streets of Gotham, Mm -hmm. that utility belt was more gun belt. It was 100% a gun belt. That was just a belt with a holster with a gun. It It was a week. It was one week of Batman's life. Where he was yeah. like, yeah, I got it. I got a gun, yeah. bitches. I got a gun. I mean, I can do whatever I want. And I think that that really helps underscore the theme I was looking for with this issue. And borrowing uh, the title of a Batman, was it a one-shot or a miniseries? I'm suddenly drawing a It was a, a one-shot. It was yeah, your favorite one-shot, one shot. yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Seduction of the Gun. Because that title brilliantly says everything. In that the seductive power of firearms is the ability to, as I said in the last issue, hurl death or destruction from a distance. And, you know, look at uh, uh, Leon the Professional. You know, he's talking about how guns are, you know, especially long-range rifles are the least intimate way to assassinate somebody. I need to watch that movie. He likes it, like, up front and close, like... Oh, your flies on that. Oh, just kidding. I stabbed you in the neck. Make it look. <laughs> That's my one man show. <laughs> that was a one act. Professional. That yeah, was one the act. Professional in one act. <laughs> right. Major look. It's called Major Look. God. I had to produce that for Alcon. Uh, little, little knit caps and round some like John Lennon sunglasses. A, a uh, carton of milk. A carton of milk, uh, yes, a retractable knife. And... <laughs> made you look. Uh, I, 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 damn it. I think that... You've got some schmutz on your jacket. We will... There's a couple things I want to address. There. The... the the first thing is, we are going to have an issue about the appropriation of certain comic book characters coming up very shortly. Um, Following I, this arc over most of your JCU stations. That's right. So we're going to talk more in depth about this, but the idea of the of the gun-toting anti-hero is one of the most misunderstood conceptually um, that... I think exists, period. If you think that it's hard to kind of understand and and the reason that, you know, a Superman comic is so hard to get right, it is so much harder to get a Punisher comic book right. Yes. 
Um, yes, indeed. There was a comic uh, years ago. I think it was published by First Comics um, called um, – I just had it in my head uh, – John Sable Freelance. I've got it, baby. Oh, yeah. I knew. I had a feeling you might you, at least have familiarity. Well, I did a – It was my grill. I'm oh, literally looking at the collected right now. Oh, wow. John yeah. Sable, uh, day, his day job was a children's cartoonist. Go on. Oh, indeed. I did not realize that. I saw an article probably in Amazing Heroes or um, one of the other comic book magazines that predate, predated the rise of Wizard. Yes. Uh, where it was actual journalism. And uh, what? But they uh, – Gerb <laughs> Seamus's real journalism. Yeah, that's right. So uh, shame on you, Seamus. They – there was an article where the, I know that Mike Grell was the artist, but I can't recall if he was the author or I, somebody else. I believe he was written. It is written, created, and illustrated by Mike Grell. It is and one of the, the interesting things that Grell brings up in the story is that unlike your superhero genre, when he's writing, or at the time was writing um, John Sable, he had to always bear in mind the reality of his character. Yes. In that John Sable couldn't go in with his little broom handle Mauser and start shooting the place up and continue to do that for the next 22 pages. Right. He had to be mindful of the fact that any ordinance has its own built-in limitations. And I thought that was really a fascinating thing because otherwise it becomes hubcaps and bullets. Right. Right. You know, it becomes we have a Ravager 2099. Yeah. It just, it becomes the sort of thing where, you know, the, the same car loses six out of four hubcaps. It becomes a, 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 a living John Woo document. <laughs> um, no, but like, for instance, in a Punisher comic, you're absolutely correct. In a Punisher comic, uh, they go in a good Punisher comic, okay? So like a Mike Zeck or a Stephen Grant, you know, Punisher comic. Warren Ellis does it, where you go in and basically the the entire comic is the Punisher saying, "Don't don't be like me. I'm screwed up, man. That's why I'm this way. You can find a better path." Like like that's the entire message, you know. I, you know, I could have chosen something different. This is the life that I have. I'm too far in to get out. You can make a better life for yourself. Don't, don't pick up a gun or a thousand and, and wage war the way I am, you know, yeah. but it's been latched onto as this glorification of the weapon instead of this confused descent into madness of one man's grief, which is what the comic really is. So I think exactly. That, I think it's you know easy to misconstrue, and again, we'll talk about it in depth in, a, in an issue or two. And, and another thing I wanted to bring up, and, and this was brought up to me during my research process, was like, well, where are all the women? And I said, okay, well, there are some. We've yep. talked about some, and there are some in this particular issue. Um, I'm going to give you a call to Huntress. Um, you know, but, and, and I say this as woke, woke Hey Kids comics, we'll be talking about a lot, a lot of women in the next issue because women are smarter than men and they're going to get paid for their work. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think bringing up Huntress, uh, also, uh, is rather appropriate because I, um, one of the aspects of this particular issue was, what are we defining as, as the gun? And I feel very strongly that the gun is also appropriate, even though not technically so, the Huntress's crossbow or Hawkeye or Green Arrow's bows, especially later incarnations where the gimmickry gives way to just savage, uh, you know, deer hunting razor sharp steel barbs and um, that yeah, yeah. longbow hunter type yeah, stuff exactly because much like any kind of uh, pistol or rifle 
These are ballistic weapons. They are hurling the potential for death or destruction from afar. You don't even have to be within, you know, your enemy doesn't even have to see you for you to do harm to your enemy. And therein, that capability, that line that I've repeated here about being able to literally injure or destroy your enemy or to destroy uh, property uh, to, you know, hinder your enemy's progress, therein lies that very seduction of the gun that that brilliantly titled one-shot suggests that this type of weaponry, any kind of ballistic weaponry, from the earliest, uh, you know, I, I can't remember the uh, a lotl is it the, uh, the the sort of hollowed out stick that allows you to add extra push to throwing a spear at your oh, uh, yeah at, I don't remember elk. what it's called but yes I'm with or, you on uh, that or bow you know ancient man had ballistic weapons before he had a name for them sure and you know that is a tremendous advantage you have over you know, if you're ancient man, your choice is like trying to grab a rabbit before it runs down its burrow or being able to hurl something at it or larger animals that you could never possibly kill otherwise. Right. Rather than, you know, chase them off a cliff. Well, I, I think that... It gets kind of gangly. It's just not good for the meat. I, I tried it with cattle. <laughs> the whole thing Ham- is like... Except they have an abattoir, but I... I, I Gonna do it the old-fashioned way. I selected my cow, chased it off a cliff. <laughs> the, the whole thing is like learning, and 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 the the massive arcs of these characters is learning responsibility with with your if you're going to be that hurl death from a distance person, you're going to have to learn to either accept who you are or how to do it with a certain level of responsibility. And I think that that's an important message as well. But um, I think we've done enough bush beaten that we can get into some of the <laughs> some of the the nuts and bolts and dirty dirty of of what we're talking about here, which is our characters that that use these weapons. Absolutely. And touching briefly on the uh, where are all the girls? Um, I'm trying to pinpoint exactly when it was. Not too far into, uh, I would wager, say, the first couple of years of the Teen Titans spinoff Vigilante that... I forgot that spun out of Teen Titans. Yes, indeed. Um, you got Patricia Trace. Mm, yes, the what, the third or the fourth version? Yeah, so she becomes the second modern Vigilante, uh, maintaining that very fashionable tracksuit or... Um, <laughs> Uh, basically design a reject from Megaforce. Right. <laughs> and adding in some of the earliest, pre, really what I would consider a pre-Image Comics shoulder pad pouch uh, ensemble. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely had that uh, that 9 to 5 shoulder pad situation going yes, on. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but it was more like 5 to 9. Yeah. In the morning. That's what she was working. That's her so, shit. Yeah, yeah, she was the night, too, and we, we didn't even give her coverage. <laughs> That's, well, we, we we tried within the, the, the We Are the Night to limit what we were talking about because so many of them are. We knew we would get into so many. <laughs> yes, that's so true. So many more characters as, as this story arc progresses. Um, you know, but there is, you bring up a good point. And and that is there is a subset of the gun toters, right? Um, that also double as law enforcement officers. Yeah, one in particular that um, we've talked about ad nauseum on this show, and we will continue to. So shut up. Um, not only um, is the night actually he's the day, but he's also the law. And that is uh, uh-huh. one Judge Dredd. Not only does he carry a gun, 
he carries the entirety of Punisher's arsenal in one gun that only responds to him. Yeah, and it it's like dial it up. Yeah. You know, it's like the dial H for hero dial, only meaner. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you can, there's like a, a rarely used, I mean, the lettering isn't even worn on the one that says rubber bullets. No, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's brand new. That's, that's brand new. And I just realized it was, uh, the new Vigilante premiered in Deathstroke the Terminator number 10. Really? It was like, Vigilante, only sexier. <laughs> that, that's from the strictly misogynistic standpoint of the fact that the perception was that, and probably rightly so in the 80s, that the bulk of comic readers were guys until people started writing good comics. And they figured out that if you write really good comics, you get a universal audience. <laughs> well, speaking of really good comics, um, I want to talk about a guy who was introduced into DC's mainstream in really good comics, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, and, and then... Um, but got his start uh, from uh, what did I always call it? Did I always call it Charlatan Comics? Yeah, you, you did. You call it Charlton. It comic, is Charlton Comics. Yeah, the Fight Five, nineteen sixty six. Good night, Peacemaker. Yes, Peacemaker. Peacemaker, who becomes the template uh-huh. for the comedian. Speaking of. It always comes back to Watchmen, doesn't it? It does indeed. He wrote especially a Rosetta that. Stone Alan Moore did for comic books. So tell me about the tell me about Peacemaker's connection to the comedian, and then tell me about the comedian because I think that's a really important one to discuss, right? Absolutely, because the comedian is a unique character, and we'll get to that in a moment. But Peacemaker is your, you know, I think perhaps the the conceptually. It is an irony. He's an ironic character. You know, he's Peacemaker, and he's carrying Usies. 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 I'm sorry. That's actually, uh, by the way, the uh, award that Andy and I uh, present to one another every year. <laughs> the Usies? Yeah, have... we, I've got like eight or nine Usies now. We just have I, I'm gold just, statues I'm, I'm, of I'm us. Like, Thank you, the good man, up, the big man upstairs, for uh, you know yet another ussy. You like me, um, <laughs> but I, I think he actually used the the American made Mac tens. Oh Mac yes, yeah, yeah. Mac ten, fat yeah. body Mac tens. I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's just a more industrial looking weapon. Uh, it's it's basically like if you took a, a Kodak brownie and and weaponized it <laughs> maybe they did I, <laughs> it could be when they stopped the making the kodak brownie like what are we going to do with this thing like you know i think if you put like a, a stock on it it'd be like the man with the golden gun <laughs> just oh no it's a harmless old timey camera <laughs> with a secrets box full of bullets i go ahead and pass it on through uh but they I think that was the irony is, you know, he is peacemaker, yet he's wielding automatic weapons and and going out and, and, um, you know, where Angelo might, you know, knock you into the next block, he would just sort of uh, pardon you from life (laughs) in a less melty way. Sure, sure. And the thing that is in talking about Peacemaker is a wonderful example because he's got this weird ass Boba Fett helmet thing going on and sure does and a, and a Peacemaker hockey jersey and I mean these guys love like, joppers. Yes, yeah, everybody had the the puffy pants. You got it. And uh, you know they were prepared to go out and fight in. Uh, 19th century Indonesia. Indonesia. Indonesia, yes. India. was Indies, don't you know? Just like Petra. But uh, I think that what's what's fascinating is if you try to take the characters from Charlton and superimpose Alan Moore's story upon them, it doesn't work. Mm Mm-hmm. He couldn't have told that story with those characters. The question doesn't work as Rorschach. No. 
and Peacemaker certainly doesn't work as the comedian. But what you get with the comedian is last issue and this issue combined. Because if you look at his original clown suit and domino mask, he was a two-fister. He's a brawler, yeah. Yeah. And then once he becomes a government agent, he very much is given over to that seduction of the gun uh, and any sort of weapon of long-distance destruction, be it a pistol or a assassination rifle knocking over third-world dictators or, uh, you know, flamethrower. Are you, or, are you telling me that a well-written comic can serve as um, as socially applicable satire? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? Because I, I don't would know if I buy never, that. I would never deem to tell you that, sir. All right, I don't know if I can buy that or not. You're telling me when he became a government agent, he really leaned into this idea, you know. Well, he he got basically the guns that he used during his career were the ones that Micro was picking up secondhand. Right. Um, that's all I'm saying. I want to I want to apologize, by the way, because I realized we made a massive oversight. Um, in the second issue of this story arc. And uh, I think we need to just address it um, in passing. I, I realize that um, with the encroachment of a certain holiday, we are going to rectify this in a big way. But uh, not mentioning Blade in the We Are the Night street-level oh, fighters. The, the things we forget on this show, and I... I anticipate we may yet have another apology uh, for this particular issue. Oh, really? But uh, yes, indeed, because I had to uh, post an apologetic image on the last two issues of the show on the JCU website, if not at least the uh, the two that were very specific. Um, for we are the night. Of course, as we mentioned, we uh, apologetically said, uh, Nightman, how did we forget thee? Sure. And uh, the last issue, when it went live on the site, The Spirit, how did mm, we forget thee? God damn it, that's a goodie. That's... So I, I'm fighting desperately not to have to... Oh, we'll do it. We'll have to do it. It's just a... Yeah, we'll have to do it. It's understandable that that we cannot cover everybody like i didn't even dawn on me i was wanting to talk about the peacemaker didn't dawn on me that there would be a connection to Watchmen somehow because <laughs> you know uh, and while we're talking about government agents that are very very gun heavy i think that we have to move over to marvel for a second and talk about one bucky barnes otherwise known as the winter soldier oh yes um because a lot of times when we're thinking about government agents, we're thinking about our government, and we forget that there are other governments who, uh, oh yeah, are uh, out there, you know. Well, the baddies, uh, the the baddies that use guns are, uh, you know, an inch deep, mile wide trench with yeah. Deathstroke and Deadshot, and you know, uh, the scourge of the underworld. <laughs> Good night, that guy. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm surprised the, uh, you know, the officiators, the uh, management of Muscle Beach didn't sue Marvel for the bad press they got for somebody wearing their T-shirt while they went and slaughtered supervillains of almost uninspiring importance <laughs> in the most uninspired ways possible. Yeah, off panel, <laughs> just uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, got your nose. <laughs> made you look. Yeah, made you look. <laughs> we did a, and for those of you that, that haven't listened for a really long time, Cole and I, about, was it three or four years ago now, did a live uh, all-con um, moratorium for all of the all of the D and below-level villains that the Scourge <laughs> yes. of the Underworld killed. It was great. The cockatrice was in there. Ah, oh, good times. Good oh, times. Oh, dear Lord. That, that was, yeah, uh, hammer and anvil. Um, scarcely missed. But, like, does Rick Flag, speaking of, does does old Ricky Flag fall into this? Well, the, the thing is, the, the difficult thing here is determining 
are, we're having to separate our gun-toting characters from our gun-toting street-level characters. Right. And that's been a very difficult thing because it's so easy to, to pounce on the other characters that fit the bill, but they're not necessarily fitting the the hard target here. <laughs> no pun intended. And like a, yeah, and like a poor marksman, you keep missing the target. You know, there's a character that went, and, and, and we've talked about this, but there's a character that went in an interesting direction that I want to talk about, which is Moon Knight, of course. Why wouldn't oh, I? Um, yes. Moon Knight started pre-superhero as a gun toter. And then when he became That's a true. hero, he get, uh, you know he went the other direction, unlike most of these guys who, you know, in their workaday world, let's say a la Wanted, you know, were, were office drones that one day said, you know, through whatever, you know, machinations landed them there, I can grab this, you know, Glock and make a difference in the world before yeah. realizing they were wrong. You know, Moon Knight went the other direction, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yes, that's true. I mean, he knew his way around all of that ordinance and chose to, uh, like, get some inexplicably aerodynamic crescents <laughs> toss it guys so, some truncheons some crescents and some really themed uh vehicles and go for it god 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 bless that guy <laughs> for all of his weirdness um no yeah no 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 yeah, yeah 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 uh who else falls in this category for you wow there's um i know well, that there were uh go ahead because i'm I'm struggling to remember. Silver Sable is one that came to mind. Right, but I think she really falls into the next category. Because yeah, because she, she, does, she does play rather internationally. And and she also gets money. Oh, she, yeah. She gets that Skrilla for her killer. <laughs> then there was one Wild Dog. Yes, we should 100% talk about Senior Wild Dog. Because, you know, as characters go not one that really spoke to me in its day okay but somehow it spoke to somebody because it uh, i'm not terribly familiar other than i just am aware of wild dog um wild dog's an interesting character because wild dog dc has this weird thing with Marvel really has kind of a cornered market on heroes that use guns. Yeah. Um, with DC, you get guys like Jonah Hex who kind of, you know, uh, travel the, the timeways. And then you get guys like Booster Gold. Who's, you know, they've really stayed away from your gun-toting, you know, badasses unless yeah. you know, they don't have a Punisher. They have a Vigilante. But Vigilante's yep. never stuck the way Punisher did. Exactly. And I, I think because it's odd that the gun toters seem almost out of place in DC. Well, I mean, when you got a Superman and a Flash and, you know, and a, and, and a Wonder Woman and a Green Lantern, they are out of place. You know, yeah. Marvel, in a weird way, is... And I and I, I loathe to say this, but it's it's the more grounded of the big two, in in reality, to the point where, as you famously you know like to talk about, they tried to convince us that their heroes were real people. Um, yes, <laughs> stupid. Um, but but I, the the characters in the DC universe frown on people that use guns. You know, and and in Marvel it kind of is the same thing. But in Marvel, you've got guys like Iron Man, who essentially yeah. are—he is the gun. Yeah, yeah. As one of their big players, they've got a guy with the guy that is a gun as oh, a yeah. character. Oh uh, you know, speaking to the something that popped in my head—that's a little bit of a callback uh, with the Punisher. Uh, back when my friend Steve and I created what became known as the Atrocious Universe, which is our – all we did was comic covers, and they were all – you know, some of them were straight parody. Some was just whatever we came up with. And I decided to have a character to be our version of the Punisher called Navarone. Nice. And the cover on which he would be revealed 
the title of that particular issue of whichever of our ridiculous comics, uh, you know, the the All Losers Squad or the Teen Weenies or uh, whichever, um, the Lukewarm Legion, um, the, the title of that issue would be Firing Away. Because at that time, the Tom Cruise movie, Far and Away, <laughs> was in theater, so it would be a very dated joke. <laughs> now now it's very dated. Now that joke is very dated. Um, no, I feel like in DC, when you have a Batman, and, and he's consistently kicking anybody who has a gun's ass, and yeah. you show up... And you show up as a as a kind of and you're not dead shot and you're not death struck and you show up with like oh you're you're here for the big you know meeting with um <laughs> with you know the the doom you know the 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 um the legion of doom and you just got a bunch of guns and they're like oh it's it's yeah very much along the uh, lines of that uh, the scene where the Disco boys are confronting the uh, heroes in Mystery Man. He's like, "What? That's your power? You got a gun?" That's, but that's what, right? And that that's what DC. That's effectively what DC says. Yeah, like you show up with the Penguin and the Riddler and the Joker, whose gun shoots a. Uh, well, he's got a gun. He he he! And he shoots it, and the bang thing comes out, and he's like, "You want to yeah. smell my flower?" And he's like, "Well, sh- I'm just gonna go." Like yeah. I don't belong. I I don't feel right about this. Like, and and that's kind of the world they've set up, where you got Vandal Savage. Is well, he's got a gun. Yeah, it's for show. Don't yeah, worry about it's, it. It's just like this. It's like a really old flintlock. It's like it's like. I mean, do you seriously Doom. think that the powder is any good in this thing? I've been. It's been at my waist for the last two hundred and seventeen years. And, you know, the last time it was fired, it was just a. It's to like, check and see if it could. It's like putting on my watch now. I feel naked yeah, without it. Exactly. <laughs> well, I got out of the house without old trusty here, and I just, I don't know what, the, I don't know why I call it old trusty. It, it, it has been ineffective for at least a century. You know, but in Marvel, I feel like the gun-toting hero is a lot more prevalent yes. than in DC. You know, in DC, you got guys like Wild Dog, who after his kind of initial run, then goes out like and does space adventures. It's like, all right, uh, let's go, let's go do some weird sci-fi stuff now because uh, I don't really fit in. The Flash can catch my bullets, and yeah. and Superman can melt my gun from space with his eyes. Uh, maybe some space. With just one eye. Yes, <laughs> right. With just one eye. He doesn't even have to waste time with the other eye. Yeah, maybe space adventures now, you know, and I think that's the world that DC set up versus Marvel set up. And, yeah. and it's, it's, it's a cool world, you know, with the exception of Green Arrow, we've discussed in the past, just kind of hangs out and is like, Hey, remember that, uh, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. I'm going to be over here having a hot dog. Um, yeah, it, would, it almost seems like if you're going to use a projectile weapon of any kind in the DC universe, you need to favor the archaic, right? You got to be, you, you know, blowguns are highly prized. You got to have a gimmick. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Is if 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 you're going if you're going to use a projectile weapon in the DC universe, that that thing better it better be like trebuchet man, or you're <laughs> yes, out. Exactly. You're out, buddy. Um, just a series of very tiny trebuchet that are <laughs> you can mentally <laughs> that's control. What they call me. Tiny trebuchet. Now the bad guys, on the other hand, I, I, you know, I've been in the men's room with you. <laughs> you know, you got some bad guys that use some guns in DC, but they're, they're like I said, if it's not a gimmicky thing, if it's not Deadshot, you don't have a couple guns just kind of strapped to your wrist, or your Deadshot, or not, or de- or a Deathstroke, then you're kind of screwed. Like, or your guns may be magic, um, that you know, or you're you're screwed if not. Or your yeah, it's like you know, you gotta be like a character like Grassy Knoll, where you have magic bullets. Grassy Knoll, shit. <laughs> Too soon. Damn it, that is. I, I can get away with it because I'm in Dallas. You know, that is a great character. That is a 100 yeah, percent amazing. Like, he's got guns with magic bullets. 
that is a that is why why is there no character <laughs> called Grassy Knoll? Yeah, we said it first. Damn it! Mail that to yourself. That's way too good. That is way too good. Oh, you won. You won, man. <laughs> that's been our show, oh, ladies that, and gentlemen. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that hashtag Grassy Knoll. That's a that's great. That is a that is great. You know, and I don't even. I we cannot get into GI Joe. Um, as as a as a topic of conversation, first of all, yeah. without Eddie, and second of all, just it's too it's low hanging fruit. It's not it's not fair. Um, there is one that bears speaking of. Yeah, and that is um, a long existing valiant character by the name of Deadshot. Or Bloodshot, I'm sorry. Bloodshot. Oh, yes. I actually thought about Bloodshot earlier. Bloodshot, whom, when I went back through and read all the more recent Valiant stuff, is a great character. Like, it's, it's a fantastic character. It's the, it's the, it's the Punisher meets Wolverine character. Um, but again, it's that idea that he was a government agent that was programmed by the government that, that eventually broke that hold and then went Kane and Kung Fu style from town to town, <laughs> right and wrongs, you know, with the government on a team style on his ass, um, constantly that makes that character interesting. Um, not necessarily the fact that he has a ton of guns. Yeah. Um, and while we're on the topic, um, Cole, what about, um, there, you know, of all of these supervillains we've talked about, there's, there's one man who, knows the uh, evil that lives in the heart of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. Like that was worst. good. That was, that was a great Alec Baldwin impression. Uh, yeah. And that is the Shadow. The Shadow who ran around with a couple couple guns strapped to his side. You yeah, know. I, I had a couple of really nice uh, automatic pistols. And yet another uh, gun-toter uh, comic character, probably more accurate comic strip character, the Phantom. Oh, he didn't have a, a a sack. He has no ball sack. I've seen that documentary that was about him, and he jumps out of a biplane and lands bareback on a horse. Yeah. He, it was pretty much like M. Butterfly. It was all shoved way up into his abdomen. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> damn it, Grassy Knoll. Yeah, just can't, I just fall back. I'm just continuing to fall back on Grassy Knoll as like there you go. The best, the best character. Else tonight. You, you're done. I mean, we should be done by rights. A good comic knows when to walk off stage, and we are continuing to go. Understand that might not be the best idea. We, we are, uh, we, we, we blew, we blew that load right oh, there. We did. Um. So is there, speaking of though, we are running a little late on time. Is there anybody, um, that jumps into your head, like for closing type arguments here that you feel needs to be discussed? I've got one anti-hero that I want to throw on the table and see if you, uh, have any connection to. Okay. Um, and that would be, uh, that would be Hitman. Ah, yes. Hitman, DC's, uh, comic uh, foil assassin with uh, with uh, telepathy. I believe it was telepathy that Hitman had um, that would allow him. But but more than anything, that was like a, I believe Hitman was Warren Ellis. Um, I need to look it up because it's going to drive me buck wild if I don't know <laughs> who created. No, Garth Ennis. I'm sorry, it might as well have been yeah. Warren Ellis. Garth Ennis. So it was uh, tongue in cheek satire. Uh, more than anything, um, you know, what can you expect from a gun-toting anti-hero that appears in a demon annual first? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Great. Tommy, Tommy uh, Moynihan, uh, Hitman. God, it was, it, that's a great run if you haven't read it. It's hilarious. But regardless, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there and see how you felt about that. Um, you got anybody else? You know, the thing about it was, apart from the painfully obvious, I was having a hard time just getting my head around it. But I do want to point out that one of the things that strikes me is 
it seems like if you do get your gun toters, especially on the street level, they are the extremes like Punisher. And when you get right down to it, why wouldn't a street level hero be toting guns? Uh, which comes back to the argument we had with the last uh, issue is about why would you go and fight crime and with just your fists? Yeah, the, the without having a, a good pistol at your side, especially if you're a cop by day, and you kind of rely on that. Yeah, it strikes me as the again the the most insane thing you can possibly do is, you know, put a domino mask on it, and like I said, grab a couple rolls of quarters. And yeah. just go And just go socking people in their face. Exactly, or, or nickels, they're cheaper. Nickels are cheaper, yeah. It, it's not a, you know, we'll get into the ones that get paid for it next time. Exactly. This, uh, this time, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. It makes a certain logical sense that if you're going to, if you're going to fight crime, quote-unquote, and you're a normal guy because most of these guys aren't powered. Yeah, you're going to you're going to want to have that at your side, at least in some form. There are a lot that there are a lot of them that use non-lethal weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not who we're talking about today. We're talking about Death Wish. Yeah, Death we're not Wish here McGee. to talk about the Doctor Hellers of the world. That's completely right. non-lethal, completely effective. <laughs> But yeah, I think that you know we've we've done justice. We've talked about them. We've talked about all of the different um, you know various types and and why and, and the psychology of of those characters. Um, you know, there are characters out there like you remember Gangbuster. Oh wow, Gangbuster! Gangbusters out there. Um, you know, there, there's all kinds of them. That you know, we we could just sit here and list them for an hour, so we wouldn't have to print any re- retractions. But that's no fun. Absolutely, and of course, you know that. Uh, oh gosh, um, was it Hit Girl from uh, Oh yeah, from Kick Ass. Because it does come back to that a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Because uh, it's it's like any of these other things, only more violent. But in closing, um. Any time that I am have a forum to pretty much talk about guns and and as I said that axiom of, of hurling death or destruction from afar, it I always like to quote what I feel is one of the most brilliant things that was ever said about firearms. Okay, and that was. When uh, and we we saw this live as uh, ourselves a few years ago when Penn and Teller uh, were doing the bullet catch, okay, as part of their routine, and we uh, saw them when they were in Dallas, and it's brilliant magic, especially with modern ordnance. Um, but this was also a, a, a rather remarkable teaching moment in that in the preamble for the actual act. Uh, Pendulette concludes, and I'd seen it both live and then later on television, with a brilliant aphorism, never point a gun at anything unless you intend to destroy it. Yes. I agree And I with that. think that that is a very important object lesson there, because whether loaded or not, whether you think it's loaded or not, whether you are doing target practice or big game hunting or fighting the bad guys, that axiom holds true. I agree. I can't think of a better way to shut this thing down, man. So uh, with that, join us next week when we talk about the mercenaries, the um, the heroes for hire, the street level, the street level guys you can you can hire to handle your your positive or negative right. dirty work. If you've got the cash and you can find them, you can hire your own hero. In which case, if I had that kind of money laying around, and I was like say in the in the boroughs as they call them in my mind, um, <laughs> I would hire. Power Man and Iron Fist to entertain at a birthday party. So, hey, your ad didn't say anything. It had to be like, you know, 
right. beat down bad guys or uh, right. The hand didn't move into the fifteenth floor of my office yeah, building. Yeah, I just want some. I want some really kick-ass entertainment. I mean, you know, guys who can like, you know, crumble up piles of cinder blocks in their bare hands. I think that would be good entertainment. Far better than that goddamn party clown from last year. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it was a goddamn party clown. It was the clown. I, uh, who was, you know, by his very definition, damned by God. I just, I, I want to leave this. Uh, there are a few uh, other that I want to mention, and I'm not going to because again, you did a better no. job. But I do want to leave this on Grassy Knoll because, yeah. damn it, <laughs> that is so good. <clears throat> and I don't know if I've ever heard a better creation come out of this show than Grassy Knoll um, besides Time Bullets. Time Bullets and Grassy Knoll. Now, now yeah. that's our legacy. All right, Cole, why don't you <laughs> plug us up and we'll get out of here. I want to right. blow it anymore. We're, we're gunning it from the Jedi Cole universe at Jedi Cole dot com uh, <laughs> that, that's that's the last one of those i'm going to do uh you can uh, write to us at jc mail at uh, yahoo.com you can uh check me out on my other uh bang bang i shot you down uh live action podcast the rant Pit live which streams live out of downtown dallas on the first and third sundays of every month from 10 30 to 11 30 a.m central on DallasOnAir.com. Great show. It's a your great show. Your favorite Star Wars guys. And um, also on the third Sundays of every month, we're back on schedule now, with Isle of Toys on the uh, third Sunday of every month from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. preceding that particular week's Rantcore Pit Live. And in a, an upcoming episode, we are going to be uh, press ganging one Andrew Farmer – Oh, are we? All right, cool. Into uh, being a phone-in guest and talking about the Secret Wars. In what? We're going to talk about Secret Wars comics and toys. Oh. Isle of oh, Toys. Oh, lenticular shields. Oh. <laughs> oh, so little articulation. That plastic just rubbed, the paint just rubs off of those figures. Yes. God, it's so good. I got like a, this Lee press on claws. I got like a I got like a soft wood right now just thinking about just thinking about it. That awful Doc Ock figure. Damn, so good. So good. Uh I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Let's let's knock that out. I, the vehicles were fantastic too. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and you can find us at HK Comic Show all across your social medias. Um, so with that, buy, collect, and enjoy your comics. I said that felt good. Um, and join us next week uh, when we will not ask for any money, but we will tell you about those that do. In um, at the end of it's the last issue of the story arc, Cole. This is we are going to bid farewell to hit the streets, and uh, and then we uh, we have a very serious issue that uh, Andy had created, and we'll see uh, how serious it is. It started as yeah. a serious issue, and I think it evolved into some serious and some talking well, about Jerry you know, Seinfeld. There's going to be some grabassery, to be sure. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, and with that, uh, say goodnight, Cole. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. And uh, <laughs> tune in next week for more Hey Kids Comics. Grassy Knoll. God damn it. God damn it. It's so good. So good. Uh, can his sidekick be named Zapruder? Oh, wow. He just, he's like Machine Man. He just records <laughs> everything. Oh, yeah, he's like the Rigelian recorder from... Yeah. Oh. He just records everything. I love it. <laughs>